0: Have you ever found yourself asking the question, what's the point? Like, what's the point of serving Jesus? What's the point of walking out the Christian walk? Let's talk about that today on the THP Online Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, your media pastor here at The Healing Place. And thank you so much for hitting the play button. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, we are glad and thankful to be part of your day to be part of your life. We are thankful to have you as part of our THP online community. This week's promise comes out of the book of Revelation. Now there's a lot of things that take place in Revelation and there's a lot of theories like conversation and a lot of deep dives. But today, today we're asking a very important question. See, whereas Genesis is the beginning of the scriptures, Revelation is the end and it legitimately talks about the end of times and it raises a question. What's the point? When we boil it down to things, what's the point of this Christian walk? Today, Pastor Scott's going to dive deep into this promise and, and hopefully bring some stuff out that will encourage you and challenge you and hopefully help you take your next step with your walk with God. If we can walk with you on any type of way, if we can encourage you, we can pray with you, reach out to us. You can email us at mediahub at thpstreetport.com or you can reach us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for THP Streetport. That being said, let's get into today's conversation.
1: Hey there, everybody. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. I never want to take it for granted that you genuinely are welcoming me to wherever you are. And I am so honored today to be able to take a deep dive with you, not necessarily to you, but with you. We're going to take a deep dive together today, and we're talking about today, eternal breakthrough. Listen, we've been walking through the promises of God all year long, and there is a promise for eternal breakthrough today. So we want to dive into this, and really, I, would, I just want to start this by asking you a question. Have you ever waited a long time for something special? Like waited a long time. It seemed like it would never come. Have you, have you ever been there before? If you have, just put it in the chat right now. Maybe just one word, uh, uh, a child, uh, a car, a house, uh, you know, a relationship, whatever that is, just put that in the chat right now. Have you ever waited a really long time for something special? Listen, whether it's uh, the arrival of a newborn baby, that's always exciting, but it's like, mothers can't wait for that moment. Some mothers, it's like they, they, uh, they love that, that nine-month period or eight-month period or whatever it is, and sometimes they don't want that to end, but other mothers are like, hey, I want to have this child. I'm, I want to see what, what, uh, what is coming forth out of my body, what I produce. I want to see what characteristics is this child going to have. Maybe you've been waiting for a soldier to return home from battle, a loved one. Maybe it's a restoration of a marriage that you've been praying into and you've just been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting for a helpmate. Maybe you have prayed and you've been waiting for that someone special to come into your life. Maybe it's an adoption of a child. Maybe you've been waiting for years. Maybe it's a healing for yourself or maybe for a loved one or maybe even this. Maybe you've been waiting for a special treatment to be invented for some affliction or illness you may have. Maybe even it's the arrival of a grandchild. This is something that I know very well. It's just waiting and waiting and waiting for that grandchild, that first grandchild to come. I want to tell you something. In all those cases, in all those cases, it is worth the wait. Here's what John chapter 16, and this is not our promise, but we just want to read this together today. John 16 and verse 21 A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish right? For joy that a human being is being born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Jesus is telling the disciples, he's saying, listen, this is not unlike a, a woman who's about to give birth. It's like the, the pain of this situation, it's tough now, but listen, it's going to be worth the wait. Listen, even though we may not see the promise, and even though we may not be able to see it right now, and maybe we've wanted to give up, maybe you're there right now, you've wanted to give up or give in. Listen, if that's you, you're in a safe place today. Listen, in the chat, in this, in this time we've got together, we've got people that are waiting to just pray with you, that are waiting to encourage you. Not just this message to encourage you, but people, actual human beings who are ready to type in some encouragement for you today in your life. Maybe, maybe you've wanted to give up or give in because you can't see it. If that's you today, just say, hey, that's me. You don't have to give details. Hey, that's me. Can you pray with me today? Do that right now. It's okay. You can type that and you can listen at the same time. But I want to tell you something. That maybe you've wanted to give up, maybe you've wanted to give in, but don't. Why? Why, Scott? Because it's worth the wait. Man, In this thing that we call living for God or being a disciple of Jesus or following Jesus, it's like, man, it can get tough sometimes, and you're looking forward to these things that that you read about and that you think about and you pray about and you don't see them, and sometimes you can get discouraged, and that's why the Bible tells us not to be weary in well-doing. Be anxious for nothing. Like the Bible encourages us, listen, it's going to be worth the wait. Maybe you're out there and maybe everyone around you, maybe you're younger, maybe you're in your 20s, whatever it is, and maybe you have saved yourself. Your body, you have saved yourself for that special somebody. And a world is telling you, no, 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 that doesn't matter. You need to just just give in. You just need to do that. Listen, it is worth the wait. You are worth the wait. Now let's get to our promise. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, and I did say Revelation, okay? The moment you say the book of Revelation, it brings up all these feelings, right? Right? I guess the terminology would be you get up all in your fields, right? You say the book of Revelation when you're talking about church and stuff like that, man, all of a sudden people are like, Whoa, massive imagery. This is like a uh this is like an acid trip almost. It's like this is crazy imagery and artists are like, Yes, there's there's dragons and there's Jewels and jasper, and there's all these colors, and there's all this stuff. And it's like the mind just begins to go crazy when you talk about the book of Revelation. The thinkers, when you start talking about Revelation, it's like, oh, yes, we get to talk about this and this, and what could this mean, and when will this happen, and when is this going to happen? Today, I want to put the focus where it needs to be, though. Not on all the imagery, but we want to put the focus on the whole premise and purpose of the book of Revelation jesus christ that's the focus the focus is jesus and in revelation 21 we're talking about eternal breakthrough we're talking about the promise of god here's the promise of god revelation chapter 21 genesis begins the bible revelation finishes it and chapter 21 is almost bringing it to a conclusion the whole book of revelation and revelation 21 verse 1 says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Imagine being John and seeing all the imagery. Now, right now, we're just in the middle of CGI. We're in the middle of green screen technology. We're in the middle of technology that we can be watching a movie and the person that we're watching isn't even real. It's like we are so used to new and technology and all that, but John, he's not there. He's seeing these images of things that he, he doesn't even know exist, but he's seeing all these images. And then he says this. He says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, first heaven, first earth, I see a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and also there was no more sea. The ocean is gone, all right? Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. This is super important. He sees a new heaven, a new earth, but now there's a new city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So he's talking about a time when we're going to be perpetually in the presence of God. Nothing can taint that. Listen, the Holy Spirit's been given to us to live inside of us, but we can allow the world to come in and taint that and suppress that. And now we're listening to more of the world than we are the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. Verse 4. Man, this is huge. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no cry. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Come on, put that in the chat right now. All things new. All things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Like, this is an amazing promise. And, of course, it goes on to talk about, those that aren't overcomers, and those that 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 didn't accept Christ and didn't become children of God. It talks about what happens to those people. But in this promise, the Word of God, John is seeing this vision, and he says, in this vision, all this is happening. And here's what God says. Here's what God says. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. All these things come into fruition. Listen, revelation doesn't end with us going to heaven. It reveals heaven coming. John said, I see a new heaven and a new earth coming, like coming. And then I see a new city descending. It's coming down, a new city See, it's not about an evacuation of earth. You hear so many people talking about, man, I can't wait to get out of here. Man, they're talking about evacuating the earth. This isn't, the focus isn't an evacuation of earth, but an invasion of heaven. It's not about getting out of here. It's about something coming to us that's not of this world that's going to change everything. That's an eternal breakthrough. That's heaven breaking through all the affliction of the earth and bringing All things into newness. Listen, we were created in the beginning. We were created, right? There's a creation in the beginning and it's a garden. But at the end, what happens? It's not a garden. If it was all about going back to where we began, it would be a garden. But it's not a garden, it's a city. It's a new heaven, it's a new earth, it's a city. And we're gonna dig into this a little bit because listen, Revelation is not about us going somewhere. It's about something coming. It's about something coming that's gonna change everything. When God saw that his people were not gonna be able to have a relationship, they weren't gonna be able to level up to the promise or the covenant, what did he do? He sent someone. Who did he send? His only son, Jesus. And when Jesus resurrected from the dead and he ascended, what did Jesus do? He sent someone. So what's gonna happen when the end of all things? What's gonna happen? It's not about getting out of here. It's about something being sent. It's about heaven coming. Everybody's talking about heaven coming to earth and they're talking about it in a present tense. Listen, we can affect the atmosphere in which we're living but all these things are not going to be perfect not now but one day there's going to be a newness that's going to come heaven is literally going to come and when heaven comes all the afflictions are going to be gone all the tears are going to be gone all the disease it's all going to be gone and we'll have no need for the things that we feel like we have a need for t- right now because Jesus, because the glory of God is going to fulfill every single need that we have. In Romans chapter eight, we see a very um, interesting scenario here. And the words from Romans are just so deep and The words are being spoken and and they're breaking down all these things of burdens and laws and the difference between Jews and Greeks and how Jesus broke down that wall. And in the midst of all of this, writer of Romans comes in with this right here, Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory with which shall be revealed. What is the writer saying? The writer is saying it's worth the wait. Look at verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains. We read about women giving birth. Now it's saying, listen, the earth... The earth itself is crying out for the glory of God to come. Where do all these natural disasters in the end times, where do they come from? The earth is literally groaning in expectation that heaven would come and restore all things. Creation itself groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but that hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? We have a hope of something that we cannot see. Well, this person went to heaven and saw this. This person went to heaven and saw that. This person went to heaven and saw that. Paul had a vision, but it will not even compare an inkling to what is coming to us, what God is going to bring to us a new heaven and a new earth, glorified bodies in the glory of God continuously. And likewise, the Spirit, it says, but if we hope for what we do not see, verse 25, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. What does that mean? It's worth the wait. And then verse 26 of Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we don't know what to pray for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's like, God is saying, listen, all the earth is groaning. All of my creation is groaning, calling out. Man, Scott, what do I do when I don't even know what to pray? Something inside of me is groaning. It's like yearning for something this world doesn't have. What do I do with that? Well, the Bible's clear what we do with that. We pray in the Spirit. The Spirit himself makes intercession through us with groans and utterances. Man, what did I just pray? I don't know, but I know it was of God because it released something in me. Listen, when Revelation was written, the city of Jerusalem was in complete ruins. Now, keep that in mind. John is having a vision of a completely restored city, yet his reality is a completely destroyed city. Let that sink in for a second. What he saw in reality was destroyed, But what he sees in a vision is restored. How many of us have our eyes so closely focused on the temporary right now that we cannot see what God's trying to show us that will give us hope for the future? See, in John's vision, he sees it completely restored. Completely restored. And we know that at this time, the temple had already been destroyed some 25 years when this was written. Titus had destroyed it. Some 25 years, the temple had been destroyed. So everything in John's reality says destruction, but everything in his vision that Jesus is giving him says complete restoration. How many of you know that you would struggle with that? We struggle with that. God's trying to show us something, but yet we see it in reality. We're looking at the checkbook. We're looking at the bills. We're looking at our kids. We're looking at our marriage. We're looking at all these things, and we're going, no, 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 that can't happen. This is my reality. But God says, listen, it may be your reality, but it's only temporary. I've got something bigger for you. I want to show you complete restoration. I want to show you complete reconciliation. I want to show you the truth of what I have prepared for you to bring heaven to your situation. See, Genesis begins with new creation. Revelation ends with new creation restored. See the creation of Genesis was ruined by sin but now it's restored in the creation of Revelation which was redeemed by sacrifice. John sees unbelievable images. Like this would have been this would have been an epic movie. Epic. <laughs> epic movie images, not a garden paradise. Now, here's where we here's where we go back to this point. John doesn't see a garden paradise, but he sees a city. Now, why is that significant well in my mind here's what I see cities when I think of cities I think of crowded and sometimes dangerous and traffic and all these different things and for me I would prefer the kind of the safety and the quiet maybe of a country garden not the messiness of city streets but what does John see he sees a city he doesn't see a garden he sees a city and here's what that speaks to my heart and my spirit God brings restoration to the messiest parts. God brings restoration to the messiest parts. Is your life messy right now? Come on, we got got people. We got people right now who want to pray with you. Is your life messy right now? And I'm not talking about messy where it's just kind of like you're busy, but I'm talking about messy where, man, there are some things that are just out of whack. It's not just that you're busy, but you're busy for the sake of being busy so you don't have to get in the stillness to deal with what's really going on. Is life messy right now? Come on, just say yes. Just put it in the chat right now. Yes. Yes. Life is, life is messy. Well, here's the good news. Jesus endured the messiness of the cross and the grave to bring restoration to the messiest parts of our life. He endured the the messiness of even going to the cross and the brutality that not only his death, but walking to his death. The messiness of a grave. He overcame all of that. He endured the messiness of that to bring restoration to the messiest parts of our lives. Here's the reality. We are resurrection people. We are are people of the word, we are people of faith, and we are resurrection people. What does that mean? That means that we believe Jesus had a real body, he died, and his body came back to life. And we believe that Jesus was the first fruits of God, restoring all of his creation. His breakthrough is our hope. Jesus' breakthrough in the cross is our hope for salvation. His breakthrough through the resurrection, is our hope for sanctification, for new life. <laughs> new life. Like all of these things, because breakthrough in our lives here on earth only comes through God's presence. Like Jesus, God, God gives us Jesus, and Jesus ascends, and then he gives us the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit represent? His presence, not just being with us, but in us now. God's presence, because in God's presence, guess what? Fear and anxiety, they run, and then hope rises in his presence. Fear and anxiety run, hope rises. That's his presence. In God's presence, we need his presence. We need God moments, y'all. We need God moments. Well, what's God moments, Scott? Man, our prayer time with God, that's a God moment. That's a relational moment. That's a moment where we are reassured and reminded of our identity in Christ. Listen, gathered with others, worshiping. I don't care what the world says. The enemy is a liar. He's a thief. And he's trying to destroy the body of Christ. Even in saying, hey, it doesn't take all that. You don't have to worship together. You don't have to come together. Forget everything that you've read in the Bible. I know you want an Acts revival, but don't do what they did in Acts to get revival. First century revival probably comes with first century problems. But that's okay. We don't have to worry about that. It's temporary for us. It's worth the wait. Listen, gather with others worshiping, alone at home in stillness, or even at work and school seeking God to touch the people that you work with or you go to school with. God's presence. An encounter with the presence of God changes everything. Not an experience, but an encounter with, with the presence of God, changes everything, and we have that opportunity every single day through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God living inside of us. I'll say it again. God the Father sent Jesus. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, empowering us, teaching us, leading us, comforting us, producing fruit in and through our lives for the glory of God, And here's where we are today. We need to take our next step. Man, God has done so much for us. And he's given us this promise of this eternal breakthrough. But we can walk in some breakthrough right now. We need to take our next step. We need to grow in Christ every single day. We need to cultivate a daily relationship with God. We need to set the right atmosphere for our hearts and our minds. What we take in. What we watch. What we listen to. The people that we're around. The conversations that we have, the way we speak, how we speak, what we speak, why we speak it, all that matters, and then we look for the day that he will come, and why do we do this? Like, Scott, why, why why do we do all this? Well, number one is, we do it because of identity. See, all of our issues, issues are rooted in identity that when we begin to 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 make terrible decisions i'm going to make a terrible decision i'm not taking a step forward i'm just going to kind of either stay here i'm going to i'm i'm just not going to do i'm going to take a step back i'm going to go to the left or the right cuz i'm going to try to get around it every single one of those moves is rooted in identity The moment that we step aside from our identity in Christ is the moment we begin to make terrible decisions. Then we start believing that our titles are our identity. What I do is my identity. Who people say that I am is my identity. My title at work or or my title in my family. And now all of these things, what I have now becomes what I am. And that creates issues. See, freedom, true freedom, only comes through our identity in Christ as a child of God. Why does all this stuff matter? Because of relationship. God desires it. He desires it, and catch this, he deserves it. Look at how much he has done for us. God desires relationship with us. That still blows my mind that God wants a relationship with me. But God deserves it as well because he's given so much to me and given so much for me that I need to make that move to have a relationship with him, to value God. See, we talk more about how much God values us rather than how much we're supposed to value him. Especially in the West where it's all about me, me, me. God values you. That's a given. Already been done, already been said. But the question for us is do we value Him? And how do we value Him? Relationship. Relationship. Through relationship with God, we know what He's saying and what He's doing. Man, what is God saying right now? Relationship. What is God doing? I want to be a part of that relationship. Why is this super important, Scott? Purpose. Listen, identity, relationship, and purpose. To be a voice. When we're our identity in Christ, we have a relationship with God. Man, we know what God is saying and doing. What do we do now? We're a voice. We do what God says. We declare who God is. We make his name known on the earth to those who do not know him. And then ultimately, why do we do this? Why, why do we do this, Scott? What do we have to hope for? Well, that's our promise this week. Eternal Breakthrough. Why do we do it? Because one day there's going to be an eternal breakthrough. Heaven is coming, and it is going to change everything, all things new. Let's read it again, Revelation 21. Let's read it one more time. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Eternal breakthrough. What a great promise. That is our hope. And here's our takeaway today. It's worth the wait. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. What a great promise. What a great hope. And Lord, I just, I just gather right now with my friends. And Lord, I just thank you. And Lord, I pray that if there are those out there that they've been struggling, life is pretty messy right now, maybe they've lost hope. God, I pray that you would just infuse them with hope right now. God, that you you would just use this message, Lord God, to infuse them and fill them with hope that it is worth the wait. That if they're anxious today, they don't have to be anxious for anything. But in all those things, Lord, all those things that are happening through prayer, leaning in, Lord, relationship with you, identity, purpose, all those things that anxiety goes. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for going through the messy things for us. You endured the cross, despising the shame. You went to the cross knowing what was in front of you. And we thank you for going for us. We thank you that in your death, you didn't stay dead, but you allowed us an opportunity to be a resurrection people that we believe in new life and all things can be restored. So we thank you for these things today. In Jesus' name, amen.